Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the People Processes podcast. My name is Rami Ali-Jill, and we're excited to have you here today. Today, we're going to be interviewing Alicia Dunhams. She is an international leadership trainer, certified mediator, and a communications expert, and we're going to learn a lot more about her today. Before we dive in, though, take a minute, like us, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts, and check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to have you follow us there, ask us any questions. You know that we answer your questions on the uh, podcast about any HR-related matter. And check us out at peopleprocesses.com, where you can subscribe, get updates when we post new episodes, and get access to our subscriber-only content. So Alicia has coached tens of thousands of leaders, executives, industry experts to share their message with the world through her signature process and acclaimed bestseller in a weekend and other professional development trainings. In her new book, I Get To, How Using the Right Words Can Radically Transform Relationships in Business, Dunham's empowers readers and leaders in all ages and stages of their career and life to harness the power of intentional communication. As a corporate trainer and executive coach, Alicia bridges conflict in the workplace and beyond through the power of mastering healthy conversations and storytelling. You've been featured on Good Morning America, KTLA, and the Steve Harvey Show too, right, Alicia? Yes, amongst other things. So it's very exciting. Well, great. Well, we're happy to have you here. How did you get into this? This is such an interesting niche and and, uh, very competitive. How did you wind up getting to where you are now? Well, it's been a long journey, my friend, Rami. I mean, that's the everything in life. When you're an entrepreneur, you start off with something and then it just kind of unfolds into other opportunities. So really how I got started 13 years ago, I wrote a book. This is a, was a self-help book for women. And through that process, I put on instantly a few months after I wrote my book, I put on a women's conference because I said, okay, I wrote a book about women's empowerment. How about I actually put a conference on? And during that conference, I'll tell you, I put a lot of time and energy putting that conference on and it wasn't a moneymaker. And I'm like, how do people are actually monetize this thing? I mean, conferences took a suck a lot of energy out me. Now, the interesting thing is a lot of my speakers came up to me after the event and asked me, hey, can you help me write a book? And I'm like, hmm, maybe this is a business. And so that's how it got started. So 13 years ago, I started to help people write books. I was a consultant. And then it started to kind of uh, evolve after that, especially in 2008, my women's conference, I had a lot of the speakers coming up to me and asking me how to write a book. And I said, hmm, this is a business idea. So what I did was start a consulting business in which I was supporting people in writing books. I was doing that for a few years. Things are going well. I was making six figures. And then in 2008, the recession happened. And what I found is that writing a book was a luxury. People were really trying to keep their homes and keep their jobs and keep cash flow in their business so they can play their pay their employees. So what did I had this thought, hmm, what have I been doing for the last couple of years that I can really change? How can I, you know, change it, pivot uh, to create a new opportunity. So what I did was instead of having kind of a high-end consulting program, I decided to lower my prices and do a workshop where what I was doing one-to-one, I could do one-to-many. And that's when my program Bestseller in a Weekend came about. So I've been doing Bestseller in a Weekend for about 10 years now. And it's a program that thousands of people have gone through to write 
their book and really share their message with the world. And then through that process of helping people write books, I eventually wrote my second book, which came out last year in 2018. And I'm working on another book that's about to launch uh, this month in 2019. And so with life, you just start doing and then Mm -hmm. the road lays in front of you or you make pivots along the way based on people you meet, interests you have. And at the end of the day, you just want to make sure you're providing value to people. And that's one thing that I've made my focus. Well, I think that pivot term is a really important one. We, you know, as you mentioned, being in this business for many, many years, there's there's a lot of great times where you're making six figures and things are going well, and then then the environment changes or something else. And I feel like we learn more every time that's happened with me or, or my clients. If you persist through it, man, you come out on the other side even better than you ever were, you know. Um, but with you, in your great entrepreneurial journey, where would you say your greatest failure was? I feel like we learn most from those. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. Failure, failure, failing forward, failing forward fast. And that's the thing about it. That's it, right? Yeah. To be able to fail forward fast. Yeah. So the thing that I look at, I had some definitely, I had some difficulties in my life. I would say that in terms of being a single mom, I mean, I actually started my business because I was a single mom and I, I wanted to be home with my daughter. And so I look at the things and the failures of my past or the difficulties as did it happen to me or did it happen for me? And so I'm really grateful for everything that's happened in my life because I feel that it happened for me. So some examples of failures. Well, I could say a really big failure and embarrassment was when I was on Oprah and Friends Radio for my very first book. And I flew there. I mean, that was like the ultimate prize to write a book and be invited on Oprah and Friends Radio. Yes. That's a coup. That's a good day. It's a good day. And I went on the show. Now, my book was, uh, you know, I would say that not a lot of people liked my first book. The book is called Goal Digger, G-O-A-L Digger, Lessons Learned from the Rich Men I Dated. It was a self-help book for women. So it kind of took my experiences of dating wealthy men, this period of my life, and what I learned from it. And I, I'll just say that when I was on Gene Chatsky's show, uh, when my book first came out, that it wasn't the best experience of my life. Actually, I saw it as a big failure and it actually um, stopped me promoting my book. Uh, And so I look at that particular situation and the questions that she asked me and how I felt like she was trying to throw me under the bus. I ended up calling my publicist and saying, you know, hey, we can't do this interview anymore. And I'm actually don't want to promote my book anymore. And so what I look at it, I look back on that, particular experience. And I don't see it as, did it happen to me? I see how it did it happen for me because, because of that situation, you know, no one dims your light. You choose to dim your own light. So at that moment, when I was in that tough situation, being asked questions that I felt were judgmental, I said, you know what? I personally dimmed my own light. And I realized that. And it wasn't only till a couple years ago when I was sharing that particular story with my group of Best Learner Weekend clients at a university in Las Vegas. I shared that story and a woman in the front row raised her hand and she said, Alicia, I'm glad that interview went that way. I'm glad uh, that you stopped promoting your book. And I said, oh, wow, why? She goes, because you wouldn't be here helping us with our stories. 
telling our stories. And that's how I look at it, Rami, is at that particular time, I dimmed my light. I put all my energy into a different trajectory, a different pivot in my life. And because of that, I've helped thousands of people share their story. So I kind of repressed my own story uh, and supported other people. But now I'm at the place where I can tell my story because I know, you know what? It put me in a different direction, but look at what I created because of that. And so I don't look at things happening to me. I look at things happening for me. So what do you think maybe our listeners can learn from from that story. I mean, not everybody's going to go on Oprah and get uh, get chewed on, but what lessons do you think they could take from that? Yeah, you might not be on Oprah and Friends Radio and get chewed on, uh, but you will have failures in life, but you might have uh, really uh, difficult feedback from a boss uh, or a partner. So in that particular situation, if you feel like you are shutting down and sh- and dimming your light, just be aware in that moment. Oh, wow. What's coming up for me in this moment? And if you change directions like I did, if you pivot, put your heart and soul in that, provide value in that. And at the end of the day, always tell your stories. Don't let other people shut you down. And again, they didn't shut you down. You shut yourself down, but don't let yourself get to that place where you're feeling shame uh, in any way that you have an individual story. You have something to share and always be your authentic self. That's what I would share with someone. I think that's really good advice. I I, I can't imagine going through that to put yourself out there. Uh, I wrote a book as well. And when, um, you know, it's been, it's been very positively received, but um in many ways, it's a guidebook. It's it's a third party. It, it is to some degree about what we've done, and but but much more about how to uh, succeed in other people's roles. I can't imagine putting myself out there in a book and then then getting getting crushed. That has to be one of the hardest moments. I, I can't imagine just taking that and then, as you said, pivoting and deciding maybe this is right or maybe this isn't this um, their feedback is correct or perhaps this isn't the way I want to go forward. And then finding another avenue and and just pushing it. There's, there's. I think in in the entrepreneurial community, there's this idea of uh, grit and grind, right? Like, don't let it, don't ever stop what you're doing. Don't you know? Just keep working harder and harder. And one of the things that I find really interesting about your story is that you know you got pushed back and you changed. You didn't just go, well, they're evil and stupid. We're just never gonna, you know, we're we're going right back at it, um, whether they were right or wrong, or you regret that or not. Just having an action of 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 changing course is is very rare, and and then finding success in that new one. I think that's a, a really interesting story that people can learn a lot from. It's not the end of the world if the way you're going suddenly isn't the way you want to go anymore. You can find a new one. Exactly. There's lots of paths to get you to the same destination. And let's face it, Rami. You know what? We all have the same destination. We're all going <laughs> in the ground. At some that's right. Point. We're not getting out of this alive. No one- Yes, we're not getting out of this alive. And and so in that particular situation, because I was a young mother, because my daughter was young, and because of what this particular, uh, it wasn't Oprah, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Oprah would have said that to me. This particular <laughs> woman said, uh, was I found it so offensive mm-hmm. uh, that I did shut down. And, and so one thing that your audience gets to learn through this story is that feedback, whatever it is, criticism, criticism, feedback, et cetera, always is coming from the view and perspective of someone else. And so one thing that I say is that hurt people hurt people. So 
coming to a place of compassion. Now, 10 plus years later, I can see this. I didn't see it at the time. Coming from a place of compassion, when someone says something that is offensive to others, uh, that isn't constructive feedback or a feed feed forward, if you will, that Mm. would, you know, propel someone. Oh, I like that phrase. I've actually, in all these, I've never heard that feed forward. I like that. Feed forward. So this was instead uh, something hurtful for her to say that is like, okay, what's, what's happening mm-hmm. in her life? So that's the it's way, the to, way look to look at it. it. It's hard it's to like, do it in okay, the moment, but you're absolutely right. That's the, it's hard to do it in the moment. And what, what is, what it's, we, what's her view right now? Why is she feeling maybe uh, intimidated by mm-hmm. me? What have you? And, and so, uh, so that, those are the beautiful lessons learned. So feed forward. So when you do receive feedback from someone, Again, you take what works for you. So you take what lands because some feedback is absolutely mm-hmm. going to land. If someone experiences you a certain way or they have feedback for you or uh, uh, criticism or what have you, take what works for you and leave everything aside. Uh, that doesn't work. And unless you continue to hear the same feedback over and over again, and then you have get to be self-aware and say, okay, I'm hearing this several times. Maybe this is something that I get to work on what have you. But in terms of artistically and and creatively writing a book or creating a podcast or a movie or what have you. And when you get, uh, when you get blowback in a way that feels like a personal attack, which this felt like a personal attack, then you get to see, okay, who is the person who said it? What's going on for them? What can I take away from it? And what can I learn from it? I think that's, that's exactly it. Well, now that you've learned some of these hard lessons and journeyed forward, What's, you, what's got you excited in the next six months? What's got you getting out of bed and getting to work and, and excited about moving forward? Well, gratitude gets me out of bed every day because I woke up this morning and you did too. So that's something to be grateful for. And and so I have a lot of things working on. As I mentioned, I have a new book called I Get To, How Using the Right Words Can Radically Transform Your Life, Relationships, and, and Business. And what's the, what's the release date and on that? I do, well, it came out last year, 2018. And... It's a book that I've been sharing in uh, facilitations, leadership trainings, uh, corporate trainings uh, throughout the United States and internationally as well. And that is a book about intentional communication to create transformational results in your life, that the quality of our words will determine the quality of our life. Do you agree? Absolutely. Words are how we think. How we communicate with each other is, is exposing what 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 we view reality is, and we get to shape it with our words. It's it's the uh, intentional claiming of of the world, and people. It's it's yes. it's it's the most. Um, it's the thing that makes us different, right? It's the if 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 we were created in the image of God, as some say, then the thing that it that 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 is is that we get to speak truth and speak the word into the darkness and change things. Absolutely. I love that. We we are creators and we create as we speak the power of the spoken word. And so with that, you know, just for example, the title of my book, I mean, you can say I have to go to work, but what does it look like if you say I get to go to work? Because guess what? Some people don't have jobs. Or another example is I have to do the dishes. Well, What does it look like if you say, I get to do the dishes, meaning that you have food that you just prepared, perhaps for Mm -hmm. family or friends, and that you have running water. So that reframe of your languaging from I have to, to I get to creates the world that you want to live in. 
And it's the same reframe as I talked about my personal experience. Did it happen to me or did it happen for me? Just a few shifts in your languaging can, can change the ultimate results, how you view the world, how you perceive things, what how you create. So something that I'm really passionate about, it, I talk about it in my book, I talk about it in my, my corporate trainings and my leadership trainings, is the power of mantras. And again, what you say you create. And, and the power of the mantras, the I am statement, is powerful. Like, for example, for me, before I walk into a room, before I do a training, before I do a podcast, I say my mantra, which is I am a joyful, connected, and compassionate woman. Now, that's the energy that I bring in the room with me. Because whatever follows I am follows you. So, for example, if someone says, I'm sick and tired, yeah. well, guess what's following? Yeah, they're not you? lying. They speak the truth. Yeah. <laughs> they speak the truth. Absolutely. And so, with that, the my book around intentional communication, it's how it look how it shows up in your personal life, how it shows up in terms of the way you treat yourself, the way you treat others, and also how it shows up in the corporate world. So when it comes to you know, people processes and 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 work-life balance and matters of the workplace, the way you speak to others, the way you speak of yourself will create the ultimate result. And so what I'm really passionate about in one of the scripts in my book is what I call the we collective. And that is coming from a place of we. So not talking from me against you or us against them. It's talking from a place of we. So what does that look like when uh, you come from a we perspective? So for example, I'll use this as a script, uh, the following script. What can we do to, because when we do, we will. So let's use that as an example. What can we do to bridge the pay gap in this company? Because when we do, we will create a thriving company culture. We will attract the best of the best in terms of talent, and we will get great PR. Mm -hmm. So going into HR, if there's a discrepancy in terms of a pay gap between women and men or what have you, what does it look like to come from we versus whether it is victim language that I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that, or you, you're right. not giving me this, you're not giving me that. What does it look like to come from we to create a collective solution? We were just discussing this uh, about clients. We have hundreds of clients across the, the United States. And um, one of the things that differentiates what we call good clients from bad clients, I mean, it's really what it is, but when a client comes to us and says, we have a problem. Uh, this this issue exists, and we're not sure what to do to fix it. Do you have any ideas? Even if, and it and it, it happens every now and again. We, as in my company, made a mistake. If we're in it together as a partnership, I don't need. I mean, it, it blows me away how much of um, a job is is the clients themselves. Like as an HR person, we think all about well, what policies can we put in place? What can we do to make our employees more motivated? Those kind of things. But if a low level employee at my company is talking with one of our clients and they say that 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 employee is going to move heaven and earth to make it happen, right? 
because they were brought in as a partner. Like, what can what can we do together? Whereas when you get a phone call from an irate client and they're just like, "You did this and you did this," the first the first thing that that a, that this employee wants to do is go, "Well, sir, if you look at you, you typed that in, you know, it's like you told us to do that," or those kind of things immediately turn into a problem. Uh, so it, if the whole world could could view could could try and partner could work together that way. God, uh, it'd be amazing. Of course, it's not going to happen, but at least we can make it happen in our own lives and our own businesses. Um, it, it'll get you a lot more, even if you're purely utilitarian and don't care about the morality or the being kind. It's just like that will get you further. It's so much better. Absolutely. Coming from the we, it will get us. It's partnering right. from the start and it's through partnership. And you're really talking from a different part of your brain when you're talking from the we. When you're talking from the we, you're talking from the prefrontal cortex. You're coming from a place of possibility, connection. Uh, you're talking about a place from collaboration, compassion. When you're talking from a me against you or an us against them mentality, you're really talking from the what I call the critter brain. Uh, the critter brain being your amygdala, your being your survival brain, your fight, flight, or freeze brain, your us against them, the tribalism brain. So as soon as we get on defense, when we get in, when we armor up and get on defense, that's when we start protecting ourselves. And it's like, you did this, or you did this, right. you did this, and that back and forth. And then when you come from a place of collective we, you, you're really bridging the gap from that critter brain to the prefrontal cortex, where whether it takes a few breaths to get there, where you take a few breaths before that conversation, where you meditate a bit, where you, where you connect with the other person, where you, have a, you go out to lunch with them and, and share stories, then it develops that, that connection where you can talk from the we. But it's always, you, you can know what part of the brain you're speaking from by the words you use. So if it's anything combative, uh, if it's anything like tribal, uh, you're talking from the that makes a lot of sense. Well, moving forward, we're going to go into our rapid fire questions round. So these are simpler questions. We're just looking for the info. You're uh, welcome to talk, but let's keep our answers a little bit shorter. So if you could recommend one book to go alongside, I get you how using the right words can radically transform your life, relationships and business. And of course, people processes. What book would that be to a, a new business owner? Well, I love Brene Brown. And so that would be Breaking mm, the Wilderness. Oh, that's a good one. Now, if you could go back and uh, send yourself a letter to you on the first day of you starting your new uh, your new venture, bestseller in a weekend, what would you tell yourself? To to keep <laughs> moving forward, absolutely. To keep moving forward, it's it's it, it keeps on I, getting the, better. The Robinsons is a Disney movie, and that's their kind of like common catchphrase in that. And I saw it when I was you know after I'd started my company, I was well into adulthood. But I saw it. Um, with uh, some friends and their kids. And man, I was just like sobbing. I was just like, yes, that's right, guys. Keep moving forward. You can do it. That's my, uh, I, I want that tattooed somewhere. That's my, that's going to be my, uh, uh, my epitaph. So um, I love it. What is the best business advice you ever heard? Just broadly best business advice that sticks in your head. If someone throws a wallet at you, <laughs> I love that. That's a good one. Ooh, that's a good one. That reminds me of a um, when I first got into to sales. I was like fifteen, and uh, I was a, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. I, I love reading and studying and being academic. And um, I would get in trouble because I'd try and sell something, and um, 
the I had a, I had a, I had multiple clients who'd say, "Well, I don't know that I want that. Uh, what I want to do is this," and um, and 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 I would try and convince them that that thing they want to buy from me. No, 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 you don't want that. You want the thing I recommended. And a mentor of mine said, uh, "When someone says I want to buy blank, shut up. Sign." Come back. You can you can convince them <laughs> once you, once you've created the relationship. You can you can teach them how right you are. Uh, just reminds me of, of that back in the day. I love that. Catch the wallet. Okay. Final yes, two questions. In your experience working with all these companies and 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 business owners, what do you think is the number one policy, procedure, system, or training that's had the biggest effect on the employees of one of these companies? The biggest effect on the company itself. Well, I would definitely say communications mm-hmm. training is super powerful. Uh, if you can't communicate with others, then you don't have that that together, you know, collaborative, forward forward focused vision. And so, collaboration is very important in terms of processes. And when I saw this question and I knew that you were going to answer it, I, that's what I was thinking about mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, one that I use in my particular business is customer service and the client is all, always right. At the end of the day, 100% of customer service issues has to do with the person not feeling seen or heard. And so again, coming down to communication. So saying that I see you, I hear you, what can we do to, be, to together to make it right? And then that alleviates a lot of the tension, a lot of the stress. They just want to be seen and heard. So communication and making sure in terms of customer service, people feel seen I think and that's heard. great. You know, in the HR world, we think a lot about everything from sexual harassment to cybersecurity. Um, and I feel like, especially in small business, the, the trainings and the, the policies that can get the most bang for your buck are the things like that, the cultural ones, the, the how-tos, conduct effective meetings, how to provide customer service over the phone or in person. Those kind of trainings go so far, but people think that because they're a 10-man shop, those things don't apply yet. Why would we need to do that? I hear everything. Um, but it sets such a structure that you can judge performance on and also move the company forward with that I think that's a a great uh, thing to draw business owners' attentions to. So how can our listeners contact you and when should they to find out more about you uh, if they have more questions about these issues? Well, absolutely. There's a couple of ways to contact me. Uh, First of all, I have a free gift for anyone who wants to write a book. Uh, It's a checklist. You can go to bestsellerinaweekend.com forward slash checklist. And there you can find out, you know, how to write a book, how to make it write a profitable book. So it just kind of answers any questions that you have. If you're thinking about writing a book, you can find out more about me at aliciadunhams.com and Alicia Dunhams on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Etc. You can find my book, I Get To, on Amazon.com. And I have upcoming Best Learn a Weekend workshops and other ways to work uh, with me available at Alicia. So the main contact for you would be if they're interested in in, in writing a book or, or looking into that. Is that the primary kind of, hey, if you've been thinking about that, you need to get on one of these one of these sites? Absolutely. And I'm also a corporate speaker and I, and anyone interested in learning more about my book, I get to, and having me come and speak, you can go to aliciadunhams.com and there is a opt-in there. Alicia, thank you so much for coming today. 
Wonderful, Rami. It's been so great. great. I appreciate it. Well, ladies you. and gentlemen, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Alicia and learning about her journey and her advice. I think it was an excellent, excellent, excellent interview. Before you go, take a minute, bookmark us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and drop us a question about anything you'd like to follow up with. You can also find Alicia at aliciadunhams.com or check out bestsellerinaweekend.com slash checklist. Now it's time for me to head out. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Go out there and get your work done. Now, Alicia, before you go, I'm going to hit the stop recording button. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.